Barney. He's through on goal, squares it. 1-0! Craig Hignett, the scorer. Build the fullback. Whips a great looking ball in. Hi everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Borough Mag podcast. I'm Rob Fletcher, the editor of Borough Mag. And just so you all know, volume four of Borough Mag is almost there. It's almost ready, almost ready for the printers. You can pre order that at the moment at Borough Mag bigcartel.com and you can order the print version of that you can still get the digital version of volume three as well at the moment we're supporting my sister's place charity with this issue which means any profits that we make from the magazines are donated to a charity that looks out for um, women and children who've been victims of domestic violence so it's a very good cause and if you can order your magazine if you haven't already i think that'd be fantastic so back on the podcast this week, I'm not joined by one guest. I'm basically got a five-a-side team with a little sub on the side joining me this week. And they're all a little bit kit mad. You probably follow them on Twitter. You've seen their stuff on Instagram. You've seen the stuff they post on Twitter. They've got all sorts of footy kits between them. So we thought we'd sort of come together and have a bit of a kit chat. So we've got some new kits this season. Obviously, with Eric, we'll chat through them. We'll chat about how we all got into kit collecting and what brought us to shirts. We'll talk a little bit about our opinions, good and bad, on some of Borough's shirts, good and bad, from the past. So we're going to start off with chat about the new Borough shirt. But before we do that, I'm going to introduce everybody that we've got here. And you might have seen the first person on Red Army TV, um, Paul Burke. How are you doing, Paul? All right, mate. How are you? I'm good, Thanks. Nice to see you back on Zoom. I remember this right at the start of lockdown when it was Red Army TV. Many, we're doing all that kind of stuff. That feels like about Two, 10 years, years ago. Yeah. It feels like forever, man. Yeah. We've got previous guests on the pod with us as well. Nico, how are you doing, Nico? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Yourself? Good stuff. I'm all right, yeah. Ready to talk a lot. Of, I was going to say a lot of something about Kip then, but it rhymed. <laughs> right. Also join us, we've got not Stu Roberts. Uh, how are you doing, Stu? Very well, thank you. I might start calling you not Stu Roberts now, Stu. Yeah, make it easier. <laughs> and we're joined by someone who you've probably seen a couple of fancy videos pop up on your Instagram feed with a couple of Borough shirts and a few concept kits as well. Hi, Mikey. Hey, Rob. You all right, mate? Yeah, not too bad. All right, so let's get on to talking about Borough's new kits. So we've come back to where you have the big period apart. We've got some new shirts. Nico, I can see that you're wearing the new home shirt. So I want a quick snap verdict on what you think about this year's home and away area shirts. I like them. Probably the minority, but I like them. I like them a lot. Um, home shirt, white band, white collar, white cuffs, red and white. You can't go wrong with, with anything there, really. A new wear shirt is just something that's completely different than what we've ever had. I actually think it's one of the best sets that we've had in a while, to be honest. Yeah, I've got it in person now, and I think it is probably a lot better than I thought when I actually saw it in person. I quite like the granddad collar. I still think the band's a little bit high. But, yeah, probably as a Borough shirt, it's not too bad, is it? What about you, Paul? Is it up there with some of the ones that we've had from Hummel in terms of our modern designs? Not for me. I don't like the home one. No. Sorry, lads. What, what do you reckon? Well, what, what's the problem with it, firstly, Paul, do you think? 
the style, the colour, no, not for me. Too old, not, you know, needs to be a bit more traditional. The away one, on the other hand, fantastic. Yeah, the away one's a very different looking shirt for us as well, isn't it? Very, yeah. very different. Right, Mikey, we've got a granddad collar, we've got the white band, we've got quite a different feel of the material from the Hummel stuff. We've gone away from sort of the shiny stuff and it feels a little bit different, doesn't it? What's your verdict on, well, the home shirt in hand and, and the away one as well? Do you know what it is with that home shirt? I, I either love it or hate it. It's just a bit, it's just a bit meh. Um, I, th- I think I expected a lot more from Maria. Um, and I just, yeah, I was left feeling a bit underwhelmed, but the away shirt, I absolutely love it. It's a bit like the 16, 17 Premier League vibes, isn't it? That sort of colourway. Um, and I was a big fan of that shirt. So I'm a big fan of the away shirt, but yeah, the home shirt, not a massive fan. Yeah, I mean, it is much better, isn't it? The away shirt compared to some of the things we've had. It looks like it's had a bit of design and thought behind it. Stu, we've had a bit of a mixed bag at the moment, especially on the home shirt. What do you reckon? I'm with Nico. I like it. I think I think the home shirt's grown on me. Um away shirt love that straight away but yeah I, I'm a fan I like them both yeah it's, it's I mean I, as I say in hand I think the home shirt's a little bit better but that away one really is sort of pushing the ball out for a borough design isn't it Steve what about you uh, home wise uh, I think it is quite traditional actually uh, apart from the grand collar I'm a big fan of area especially some of the bits that they've done uh, in Italian football last couple of years seems to have had a bit of resurgence so overall, a fan, a fan of the home shirt. If I'm being really picky, I think uh, what could turn it from a, a six or seven out of ten to a nine out of ten is is a, a different, either a different sponsor or a different way of working your sponsor. I know there's you know things that you have to do with sponsors and that, but um, I'm a bit quirky and for me part part of enjoying shirts and uh, admiring styles etc. is is uh, part of the part of the sponsor that go with it. So I like it, like we're trying to do. I think we could have could have probably pushed the design a bit more. Um, in terms of the away, absolutely love it. Um, I think certainly if we have a good season this year and there's a real affinity with the fans and the and the club together and either getting into playoffs or getting promoted directly, I think that could be a future classic. Love the design, push the boat out while still keeping the, some of the traditional colours that we've had before. So, yeah, overall a hit, but a um, couple of tweaks could have made it, could have made them both tens. Yeah, it's interesting with shirts, and I've talked about this a little bit with other people on the podcast, especially when um, Anthony Vickers came on and he was talking about his new book. The shirt has to have that moment where you kind of feel that affinity and that attachment to it. Like the yellow um, away shirt worn at Old Trafford, as a Borough shirt, for me, it's terrible. It's just a boring Adidas team wear shirt. But when you see that on the pitch at Old Trafford and you see them celebrating, it's totally different. I think the green one had a similar moment at Old Trafford as well in terms of the fact that it was a memorable game Memorable moment, and it and it elevates the shirt. So thinking about the shirts that we've got, we've seen the home one, and it's out, it's in hand. The away one's on pre-order now, so do that if you if you're looking to buy that. I think it's out in a couple of weeks in August. We've only seen one goalkeeper shirt. Now Nico is part of the goalkeepers union. We think it's the away goalkeeper shirt that we've seen. Very grey with a little bit of a jazzy pattern on. Are you feeling the sort of nod to 96, 97 with this goalkeeper shirt? From the blurry pictures we saw, <laughs> yes, I loved it. I thought, actually, you know what? It might be grey, it might be plain, but we've got that little bit of a jazz to it. And then when I've seen it in high def, I'm not a fan of it. I, I just feel Aria coming back, looking at what they've done with Palmer and what they've done with a few other clubs. It's just 
like Mikey said, meh. It's just lazy. They could have done more with it, but I'm hoping that the home one that we're supposed to be getting, I'm hoping we've got a bit of jazz to that one or something that's not just a, a plain shirt with something on. But, I mean, I know that the back end of the area run last time was quite plain with a little bit of something in, but not jazzy like we're in the mid-90s. Yeah, and especially with the way goalkeeper tops are going, especially what we've seen with Hummel, there's kind of the, a pattern in the shirt, wasn't there? Maybe a couple of colours. Yeah. We've certainly had seen a lot of teams, especially with the big boys who've got Nike and Adidas, who've got a black, a grey version, a yellow version, a green version. Everyone's going wild for that new Liverpool one because it's like a lilac colour, isn't it? But really... Yeah. It's exactly the same as all the other goalkeeper shirts, just with a different colour that you don't see normally. I'm hoping we get something that's very, very different. I know Steve was saying about what area have done with, especially teams like Palmer, that have really pushed the ball out in terms of design. I'm hoping we get something like that with a goalkeeper shirt. We've also seen a bit of a change with, with the names and numbers as well on the, on the name sets. And Stu, I know you've got a few match-worn shirts and you've picked a few up over the last couple of years, or the last couple of seasons, and that sort of kind of blocky font has disappeared, hasn't it? It's a bit more of a traditional font. Do you think that really adds to the shirt in terms of the patches and the the way the um, name set looks on the back and everything like that? Yeah, absolutely. I actually preferred the uh, the, the older style pre this season, but I think the only difference with with this season they haven't got the extra. So for us that collect the, the match worn and the player issue shirts, you've normally got that little bit of additional detail where you can say, "Well, that's a player shirt. It's got that." I think this year, if, I, if I'm right, I think that horse and stay is going to be on all the shirts, isn't it? Regardless whether it's replica or issued. So it's going to make it a little bit more difficult. So I think there'll be people going to certain websites to try and make sure they get a 100% legit shirt and pay a fair amount of money. But yeah, I think I preferred the, the ones previous to this season, to be honest. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think from an aesthetic point of view, sometimes that name set doesn't look great. But you know, on the other hand, it gives it that bit of uniqueness, doesn't it? So thinking about that and thinking about, you know, a lot of us collect replicas or match ones or player issue, we'll start thinking about how everybody got into collecting, really. So, Mikey, where did the where did the sort of kit buzz start for you? Maybe not always just collecting, but when did you know that you kind of really loved the kits and, and wanted to take it just further than wearing a shirt for the match? So I think it was, like, I've, you know yourself, I used to collect cards and stuff like that, and I, I sort of wanted to branch that collecting a bit further really and I was looking at like stuff on eBay and I was like oh, I want a Ronaldo like something that Ronaldo had worn or I want something that messy and you, you soon sort of look at the price and you go yeah it's a bit out of a bit out of price range that um and then it was just it was during lockdown mainly um and I just like I was getting the old shirts out and I was I didn't have obviously much to do and it just started snowballing from there. Very quickly started going on eBay when I was on shift at work during during lockdown and I was buying shirts. And then before I knew it, I just started, like, I had a, quite a sizable collection. Um, and it just snowballed from there, really, to having like, the Match 1 shirts that I do now and the, the replicas as well. We have seen a huge boom, haven't we? And I remember sort of when lockdown came around and we started to set up Boromag and things like that. And I was seeing people... I saw Nico sell off his collection for about £2 a shirt. And I think I missed the whole lot by about... 20 minutes or something like that, wasn't it? Something crazy. And was that something similar for you, Nico, where sort of lockdown brought that back to you again? Or was it something that you'd kind of always done in the background, but maybe not as publicly as we could on social media? Um, I've, I went through a few of my old posts, uh, old photos and things. And there's, there's a post from, I think it's 2011, uh, might even be 2013, 
um, on Facebook where I've got about five home shirts, four away shirts and three keepers tops. Yeah. And I'm like, the collection is growing. <laughs> and then I've seen like, a few where I've added a couple like, in and then I think the next photo I've got is like 2017 where I've got like half a wardrobe and it's like the collection's getting bigger and then it's, I've added in the away shirts and the wardrobe needs to be expanded and stuff. And then during lockdown, I just thought, I've got a lot of shirts here. I'll share them and see what people think. And that's how I met yourself and Stu. Um, and then obviously the, the group got bigger. And then I think I think the first lockdown year, my collection added about 50 shirts in. Oh. And I already had quite a big collection as it was. Yeah. But I can't pinpoint when I actually started collecting. I just know that one day I went from having a few shirts to realising that actually I've got a lot of shirts here and I need so many to fill. Like before I knew about the FA Cup have a separate patch and yeah. this version of the shirt has this variant and stuff. It was just a case of I want one from every year from when I was born. Then it was home and away, home and away in third. And now I'm just like, oh, it's got it's got a white line on there where it should have a red line. Oh, I love that one. Oh, that's got no sponsor. Oh, I'll get that one. It is, it is interesting how things change so quickly, isn't it? And Paul, having been part of um, Red Army TV and seeing all the shirts that are on display when they've been in the studio, when you've done like Facebook Live and stuff like that, was that always something that you thought, actually, I quite fancy that one. I remember that design. I remember that game. I fancy that again. Or has that always been, have you always been a person who sort of brought brought those shirts to life and bought them every year? Or For me, it actually started collecting programmes. Right. And then, you know, during lockdown again, like all the other lads said, I took pictures of the shirts I had to hand. And I actually said to my wife, oh, do you know what? I wish I had more to photograph. And she said, you're joking, aren't you? You've got a, bo- you've got a, you've got a box of 40 there above the wardrobe that I just completely forgot about that I'd worn over the years and that are now in the box that are now all hung up on the rail. Uh- Getting close to 100 replicas, only the five match ones, but it's all... Your lads' fault. You lot. <laughs> it is funny, isn't it, how social media, especially connecting with other people and wanting to share things that you've gotten and whatnot, it's certainly def- it certainly brought people out, hasn't it? And Steve, I know that you've collected a whole manner of things, and I know I'd seen a lot of your posts, and I think you'd interacted with Boromag quite a bit, and you had a lot of Italian stuff, and you still collect some stuff as well. But has that always been kind of a, a bit of a bug for you as part of your football fandom, if you like? You've always kind of collected bits along the way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, for me, in terms of choosing the moment as to when it started, it's been it's been ever since I can remember. Um, so my, my family are all from Teesside, but we, we live down in Leeds and grew up in Doncaster, so it was always surrounded by Leeds and Man United fans. So it was always really enjoyable to, you know, go on non-uniform days or turn up to to the, uh, you know, year four, year five, year six, 11 asides in, in Boris shirts. Um, my dad then went off to Italy to work for, for a couple of months and came home with the Eventus kit. If you remember the uh, sort of mid-90s, the, the Sony mini-disc ones had, used to turn up turn up to, to primary school, 11 aside in that as well. So it started really early on. Um, and then probably, uh, you know, growing up, um, going to university, I thought, oh, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be nice to have all the adult sizes of the shirts that I used to wear as a kid. So I remember having the hampers ones, the ICIs, et cetera, um, that my dad had sorted, um, sorted out for us when we were younger. Um, and then, yeah, collected the, repl- the replica every year, felt a good buzz sort of going to the ground for the first match and then certainly uh, echo some of the points that everyone else has made with regards to lockdown. I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have just a, a couple of nice match-worn bits for 
try and get a piece of piece of club history um, to pass down to what's now my, my newborn son. Um, and it's just kind of spiralled from there, really. Um, yeah, as you say, collected all the Italian bits that I love from, from the nineties as well. So, yeah, it's coming phases, really, for me. Um, but, yeah, certainly seeing everyone's posts on social media and, and more of the sharing element um, more recently is, is, is part of the buzz of it as well. Yeah, it is great as well, especially seeing what other people have got as well, because there's always that, we always have that competitive comparison nature, I think, necessarily of being football fans anyway. We're always comparing ourselves with the teams or the clubs and whatnot, but you kind of get that as a fan as well, don't you? And Stu, I know a lot of the stuff that you shared more recently has been match-worn shirts, but have you always gone down that route or have you kind of evolved as time has gone on with that? No, I'm, I'm really similar to Stu, actually. So I'm originally from the borough, but I moved to Barrow in Furness when I was four or five. So I, I wanted all the shirts when I was younger to show everyone in Barrow that I was a Borough fan. I used to love going to school and them and going to training. So I had the home and away replicas right there through. And it was probably late teens when I started getting into the match stuff. But when I got my first house, I, I had a quite a big collection. I completely sold up and then always, I regretted it for years and years. And it, was, um, it wasn't until just before lockdown, I think, when I, when I joined the, the group on Facebook and I started seeing everyone else's shirts, I started getting the bug again and then, I think I went a bit mad at first and I think I was buying literally everything that came up for a good couple of months and then you sort of calm yourself down and but yeah I, I just love it I love seeing what everyone else has got and like my social media especially my Instagram I only really set it up so I could keep track of what I've actually got I'd take a picture post it and then I know it's there and, but it, it, yeah it's brilliant the social media side of it seeing what everyone else has got and what everyone else is sharing just love it yeah it's interesting I think that was I remember when when I set up Boromag, it was basically because I'd got a Liverpool version of these football times come through the dawn. I think most people know by now that I live in Liverpool. And I thought, oh, imagine Borough had one of these. Wouldn't it be amazing if just one issue of the magazine was this? But then, you know, it spirals and you, you realise you're chatting to people online. And the Facebook group, especially for collectors, um, sort of ballooned. I think it's getting towards sort of 1,500 uh, members now. So if you are someone who's in that group and is listening... Firstly, tell your mates about the podcast so you can listen more. Tell them about the magazine so you can sell more. But secondly, it's something, Mikey, that's quite common in other collecting circles as well, isn't it? So I know you, you've, I mean, you've sent me cards in the past that you've had from the Merlin Gold and all that sort of stuff. But it is quite common in other sort of collecting circles, isn't it? And the football shirt circle was quite small probably before lockdown, wasn't it? But something like the Facebook group really puts it out there, doesn't it, and promotes and allows people to share. How have you found that experience of actually being out there in terms of sharing your footy stuff? I loved it. Just like, if it wasn't for collecting shirts and or cards and whatever, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have met people like yourselves. And obviously the, the amount of countless hours that were spent chatting about small dis- discrepancies and shirts and just all sorts, really, it's... I love every minute of it. It's like I say, it's also the social side of it as well as like growing your, your collection. And um, especially like during lockdown when we couldn't really see friends, family. And then we just, we came together, didn't we? And we were all just chatting uh, for hours on end. And it was just, it, got, it really got me through. And then even now, like day to day, there's, we, we all chat like, oh God, for hours on end, don't we? Um, so yeah, it's, it's probably the social side of it most that I do enjoy. And then obviously, when, when you get that parcel through the door, there's no better feeling as though when you when you unwrap a shirt or whatever you've been buying. Yeah, I mean that that excitement and that that buzz that comes with it, you can't really beat it, especially when you've been searching for something for a while. Um, Steve, 
amongst the, the tears and the milk in your house at the moment, has there been anything that has come through the door? You know, I'm not going to say that it's better than having a kid, but that has come through the door and has been like, wow, this is the best shirt I'm ever going to have. This is absolutely incredible. I can't believe I've got that. Has there been sort of a borough moment for you where you've thought, wow, this is like something that I'm really going to treasure and cherish? Yeah, I mean, I mean, some people would argue getting anything through the door is better than having a newborn, but we'll we'll park that for another time. Uh, um, for me, uh, probably two or three things. I think uh, certainly having a Janino shirt um, is probably the pinnacle for for a lot of Borough fans. Um, and then I kind of wanted to just go and get try, try and get a couple of bits from the UEFA Cup day. So I would have got a couple of Mark Mark Baduka shirts from Stuttgart and Roma games, which are obviously massive games for us as a club. Um, and then uh, Frank Frank Kudra's UEFA Cup final shirt from starting out as just buying replicas. You know, there's there's, there's only one, two of them with with a his match his match spare uh, that's made. So to to have that, uh, it, you know, treasure that as a as a piece of club history. Um, yeah, it's uh, you, you can't really put it into words to own that bit of history. Yeah, like you say, that's the distinction with the match-worn element. Even though modern players have a couple of shirts a game, don't they? It's still that shirt has either been worn or issued to a certain player in a certain match. And I know a lot of people spend a lot of time pinpointing what game it's on. But on the absolute flip side of that, Stu, you do like a terrible match-worn, don't you? With a, a terrible name set of an instantly forgettable player. Who is an absolute stinker that you've got on your rail? So... Mine's going to be the old Josh Walker, I think, probably. But it was it was Barrow versus Borough in the FA Cup, so I actually love that. Is probably my favourite shirt. I went to the game. We actually, as a family, uh, we, spon- we did a bunch of match day sponsorship package. Brilliant day out. Never get it again, I don't think. So although, yeah, probably a bit of a stinker as a player. Sorry, Josh. Um, love the shirt. Well, probably my favourite shirt. And I've got some... I've got the... Uh, I've got the... Yeah, no, that's it. I think that'd be the worst one. I think. Nico, you're you you like to collect a little bit of everything, don't you? Some with sponsors, some without sponsors, some that were never shirts, some concept stuff. What gets you into that route rather than thinking, "Oh, I just want match shirts," or "I just want replica"? Um, probably because I'm a bit of a hoarder. I think when it comes to football <laughs> shirts, I've had football shirts since I was a kid of like so many different clubs just from going to charity shops, buying like Dundee United and the Man United grey kit and then like any Italian kits from like family holders and stuff. It's just seeing like how different some kits are. Um, and then uh, I think the first concept shirt that I got, well, sample shirt was, uh, I think it was 0708. It was the year before we had uh, um, the spot, uh, like the fan vote and it was like a bit of a diagonal Sash, but it wasn't as like a prominent diagonal sash. It just kind of looked like it being pretty wonky. Um, and I was like, "Oh, I like this." And then I noticed another one, but later on, it was a. It ended up being um, one that um, Mrs. Carrenbo had, had worn, but actually, it wasn't. It was a feeler shirt that someone had stitched up and made it look like that shirt. Um, found that on eBay, and then from there. Um, I just kind of thought, you know what? I quite like that there's like weird and wonderful shirts that haven't existed really other than they are a one-off. So I own one shirt that nobody else in the world owns, not even like Area owns it or the club owns it. I've got it. And I'm like, I like this. But then I've 
kind of branched out towards training gear again, which I'd put a stop to. But a lot of people are sharing like the old 90s and even 80s stuff. Obviously, I found that skill tracks it with the car boot sale for like £7.50. Um, I would never have dreamt of buying that, I don't think, if if it hadn't have been for lockdown because it, it just wasn't something that would have been on my radar. It wasn't a football shirt. Yeah, it's almost a sinister collection you've got there, Nico, isn't it? In the sense that you own one of everything. You won't let anyone see it. You won't let anyone touch it. You won't <laughs> let anyone buy it. And it's just in your house and that's the end of it, isn't it? But if you yes. haven't seen Nico's Instagram or Twitter account, he is the man who found... Uh, an incredible trackie for seven quid and then a Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank your wafer cup special for 25 pound was it? Yeah, 25 quid yeah 25 I'd love quid. to say I, took, I found it but I have to give Sharice the credit she found it that's true yeah don't take any credit so does that technically mean that she owns it then? no because when when she bought it for 25 pounds I got a phone call immediately saying to me how much can't believe you just paid, made me pay 25 pounds for a shirt and I went yeah, but it's worth a lot more. It's and it, even if it's not being sold, it's still worth so much more. Crazy to think someone thinks twenty five pounds a lot for a football shirt, isn't it? It's a good job yeah. we've got secrets, isn't it, lads? <laughs> Paul, you've got a couple of unique bits in your collection as well, haven't you? You've got some stuff that you probably wouldn't even know existed, or or you know the general fan wouldn't know existed. But you've got a couple of them, haven't you? Yeah, starting with probably my first match one purchase. That'd be the 95-96 away shirt, match issued, to the goalkeeper, Alan Miller. It's a strange one, that, isn't it? So tell us a story, Paul. I found it on a, the website that sells football shirts, and I just thought, you know, I love the shirt, and I think it'll hold the value. And I think it has. I think it looks lovely. It's certainly different with the number one on the back and the patches. It's just a shame he never wore it. And I've also seen... Quotes from David James that saying he was the first ever goalkeeper that was issued with an outfield shirt. Well, I'm sorry, David, you were wrong. As always, the Borough got there first. Yeah, it's a yeah. funny one, that one, isn't it, Paul? Because I think there was times when Robson didn't even name goalkeepers on the bench. I feel like yeah, that around that time when, when we only had three subs. And I yeah. think that they often did that, didn't they, with the um, with the goalkeepers playing out. Outfield it's a shame. I, I won the I won the home version on eBay, but it never turned up. Yeah, pesky eBay. So there's, <laughs> there's there's quite a lot of differences in the collecting world, and there's quite a lot of um, routes that you can go down, I suppose. And I think that that's probably one of the great things that is still good about collecting, isn't there? As yeah. we've seen the um, sort of scene explode, if you like, and we've seen a lot of people sharing the shirts, and there's a lot of people who've had collections for a lot longer than we have and they've spread them out and shared them out. There's lots of people who've come out there with new stuff, and the Borough Shirt Museum has come out, and they've kind of got a lot of football shirts that are all match-worn, a whole wide range of them. And it's been amazing to see the exhibitions that they've actually put on so that people can actually go and physically see shirts that, probably like our shirts, are in the wardrobe, come out for the game. Mikey, something like the Borough Shirt Museum has been... Pretty amazing for Borough fans, hasn't it? Being able to go to an exhibition before the game, and they've done a couple of different uh, themes. I know they've got a few more planned, but it's quite incredible to see that many shirts, firstly in one space, but secondly, the fact they're all play shirts as well. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Obviously, I've I've seen you at the exhibitions when we've when we've been down, see what uh, Jamie and Mark's put together, and it's just it's just a bit 
overwhelming and surreal when you do rock, rock up to the exhibitions because they're just like 60, 70 plus shirts that just you never thought you'd ever see. Like Coca-Cola final shirts, Merson, Matchwarns, Gascoigne. Like just, just reel any Borough legend off the top of your head and they've probably, they've probably got it up there for you to see. And it's... It's great. It's a great thing, and like you say, like for ourselves who don't really have the platform to sort of show show the borough community. Uh, I suppose that's why I do like the social media aspect of it um, yeah. because you can share and people can see it. But for those who don't have social media, maybe it's the older generation, they can go see it in the flesh instead of it being locked away in a cupboard. And it's it's great to see, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one of the the brilliant things is that is is key about social media is the sharing element as well, isn't it? Um, Stu, I know that the Shirt Museum don't just have shirts, they've got quite a lot of training gear, they've got old programmes, they've got old posters. Being able to see something like that as sort of one big collection is, is pretty incredible when you think of some of the stuff that collectors have gone through over the years and some of the, the training wear, the, the jackets. And I know that you have got a bit of a, a soft spot for some of the training gear. What do you think of the Shirt Museum? Yeah, love it. I think that's when I met most of you guys for the first time actually was the I think was it the first one I think it was the first one that we went up to uh, it's just brilliant do you know what I think is quite difficult as well I don't know if you get it when you try to explain to someone else that you're into shirts or you're going to a shirt exhibition and, and people just don't get it it's it's quite strange isn't it like you're, you're collecting the shirts and you think and, and then what well I'll just, I'll just hang them up and, and then what and it's, it's, it's so hard to explain isn't it yeah but the shirt museum top set of lads really really good exhibitions have been putting on um just hoping Mikey gets his shirt back sometime soon. Yeah, this is a public platform to Mark and Jamie of the Borough Shirt Museum. Mikey <laughs> wants his rock and back back. Um, yeah, there was <laughs> at the uh, at the National Football Museum in Manchester, they actually had an exhibition called Strip, which was class, classic football shirts. Basically, you donated a load of incredible shirts. And when you go around somewhere like that and you love football shirts and you love football, you just wish you had that for your club. And I think for us, it's really great that we've got something like that that actually we can see all of those things and we can see all the stuff that's out there and that other people have had and other people have shared, et cetera. So as well as Facebook groups and social media and Borough Shirt Museum, we've also had a kit book, which I think has been long awaited from lots of Borough fans. Now it's written by Anthony Vickers, who's the club author and he's on the podcast. And it's very different to some of the shirt books that we've seen so far in the fact that it tries to tell the story the cultural story, the social story behind the history of the shirt. So my first question, Paul, is have you got the book and what do you think so far? I've got it right here in front of me. Look at that. And I only picked it up yesterday, but what I love about it is I love the pages and pages of the pictures of the kits laid out from every year so I can go through so easily and find out which ones I've got and which ones I'm missing. That, to me, is invaluable. Yeah, there's so much in there, isn't there, that... We, yeah. we forget that there isn't a, there are a lot of great websites with kits and there's quite a lot of stuff that's been out before but having it all in one place I mean if there was a website that did that that'd be brilliant wouldn't it with shirts yeah. and you could just look at it really easily and that, that's really straightforward I know that there's a few probably out there who are planning to do that or have got that in their mind but it is a great book isn't it Nico you were a reader of this kit book so far I think you've got it haven't you yeah I've got it yeah yeah what do yeah. you reckon I, I like it. I mean, I especially like the second from last chapter uh, about the concepts. Any reason for that, Nico? Or? Yeah, no, nah, not really. No, nah, uh, just because it was nice enough to uh, 
to include me in after the um, after the little concert week uh, month I did in February. Um, myself and James Findale, another well, I say another, he's far more talented than I am. Um, but he's a, he's a very good graphic artist and his concepts are unbelievable. Um, so it was nice to be to be featured in that. But the book itself, regardless of whether the concept things in there or not, it's, it's a fantastic book. Um, just daft little things like I mean, knowing football for years and yet never ever crossed my mind that right right at the beginning of football existence scores were never recorded and yet yeah. it's there in the book obviously we find all these things out obviously learning about the different uh, stadiums well stadiums uh, venues that we had as as pitches and just seeing the shirts how they've developed going from like rugby to, well going from cricket whites that have been dyed to rugby shirts to polyester stuff that we wear now it's mental but it's like you say it's been a long overdue book and it's something that I'm really glad it's been made now. Yeah, it is a little bit different to just seeing a shirt on a page and then what match it was from or what season it was from in the, in the sense that uh, Vickers go through like um, the rise of the sponsors, the boom in the replica shirts, like after the ZDS Cup final, the area years where we're one of the first teams to change our kits every year. It is quite interesting seeing that historical side of it as well as, I know we all love sharing like a picture of a shirt, but it is quite good to, to get an idea behind that as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I got mine last week, courtesy of Mikey. Thanks, Mikey. Um, so I'll be honest, I've only had time to flick through the pictures so far, and, and that's been brilliant. But yeah, I can't wait to get stuck into it properly and start learning about the history and just improve the knowledge, really. Because like you say, we've got the... There's a picture, I think, Nico, you did it actually, when it was the home and away from 95 to 2021. Is that yours, Nico? Yeah, I did that. Yeah, so I, I, I use that as when I'm doing any sort of research or anything, that's my go-to picture. I think it's brilliant. So I feel like this is like the book version of that way. It'll give me all the information and history as well. So yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into it. And something like finding out about match-worn shirts, Mikey, is quite a tricky thing to do as well, isn't it? I mean, we can all see that, like we've said before, there's images where they've got the home shirt, the away shirt, like a third shirt, what the goalkeeper shirts are. But there's so much variance with it, all the shirts, even within the season. It can be quite a painstaking process, can't it? Trying to identify, is it the right shirt? Was it worn at this game? Was it a match issue? Which game was it worn? And it's quite difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it's a minefield. It really is. Like we'd, It was only just the other night that I, I up at midnight and I was bored, couldn't sleep. And I was looking at the Carling Cup final shirts and... I realised that there was a difference from the 03 or 04 home shirts to the ones that were worn the Carlin Cup final where there was slightly slimmer piping, uh, white piping on the shirt and there was a bigger gap for the from the sponsor and the crest to allow for some final detailing to be added. Um, so you're constantly just finding things um, really, of, especially in the match war. And like we were, uh, Stu, I think alluded to earlier on, like with differences between the fan shirts and, and the player shirts, you're constantly stumbling across stuff. Um, and going back to the book as well, like it's it's always interesting, um, like the history side of it. And it was like I was reading one of the one of the, uh, one of the chapters, and it was saying how the Hull had went to the the Golden Black because of Sunderland, and because Sunderland were all the club, they stayed with the white and red, um, which Wolves originally were. So the book's great. I love it. Um, it's yeah, it's been a long time coming for something like that to come out. So obviously with a book like that and all the variations that we've talked about and how all the shirts are so different, 
Stu, I know you've um, got some match-worn shirts. Is there any kind of tips or hints that you can give to people, like red flags they might want to look out for, that if they see something listed, they can quite quickly know it's not match-worn? Or, or some tips to kind of help you understand if it actually was worn in a game? Yeah, so the, the match-worn stuff is quite difficult. And I think when I first started, I was quite naive in this. And I sort of, any shirt that I bought as as issued, I'd be like, oh, it's a match-worn shirt, when really I didn't know if it was match-worn. It was definitely an issued shirt. And I think when you're talking about tips, obviously the area stuff, obviously pre-2009, any of the long-sleeve shirts, they weren't commercially available. So you're fairly safe with those um, with those area shirts. If it's long-sleeve, you can see it. It's a player issue shirt. Uh, Adidas did us a few favours with making some some things that were only on the on the match shirt. So there's quite a few with Flamingo Land on the back. And, you know, if you've got one of those, that was definitely a match shirt. Done it a bit more recently with the, with the stuff on the more recent um, Hummel stuff. But I think, yeah, I think the tip is don't, don't just take it for granted if it's, if it's a match-worn shirt. Do your research. If someone says it's a match-worn shirt from a certain game, there's loads of good websites that you can go on, YouTube, example, and you can Google it and you can look at the shirts and you can find... Um, really good indicators and markers to see if it is, but but yeah, don't don't take it for granted if someone says it's a match worn shirt and they've got this fantastic COA. Unless you can do a bit of research to, to sort of marry it up, um, it's definitely worth doing that and taking the time to do it. We've, we've had a really interesting chat this last week, haven't we, about a Mendieta shirt that's that's been quite an interesting conversation. Mikey goes back to those Carling Cup final shirts as well, where we we spent quite a lot of time talking about the intricacies. But yeah, that that's where the best tips. Yeah, it's difficult as well because I suppose a lot of the time, if you haven't got the shirt from sort of the player themselves at the end of the game, that's literally the only way to know it's a match worn unless you've got uh, a certificate of authenticity or COA from the club or from the player themselves. I mean, we've seen some terrible ones of those down the years where someone's just gone on Microsoft Word, chucked on a dodgy paint background, hand-signed it themselves, and it looks absolutely shocking, doesn't it? And um, thinking about our sort of kit history, I suppose, Steve, was there anything that when you sort of look through the book or when you've seen things online that you think maybe some of our shirts or a period of our shirts have been underappreciated? I mean, we all know we love a lot of the mid-90s area shirts because that's where, you know, a lot of us had our heydays Borough fans. But have you got a period where you think, Do you know what, actually, we had some pretty good shirts down there and they're probably going to be underrated now? Um, I think everyone knows about the uh, the ICI and the Dickens era, certainly in the cell nets. Um, the one that probably stands out in my mind is when we had the uh, the white and purple um, away shirt. I could just see Paul Ince uh, in that um, and Christian Carbon in the black BT cell nets. So probably probably a 1999 period uh, up until McLaren. Um, and then the other one for me, as, as I sort of mentioned earlier, the, the affinity with um, certain moments in games. Um, probably, probably the uh, promotion season, the home shirt on the Karanka. Um, I know it had Ramsden's on the front of it, which is not for everybody's taste, but I think we'll look back at that on that, um, as as I know a lot of us did with the Dialophone shirts as well, um, as, as as classics now. But at the time, I remember. My, you know, myself not really liking the data phone style, but now every time I see it, you remind me of that period. Um, seeing Mendieta's ending, etc., and that. So, uh, yeah, probably, probably uh, the one that sticks out uh, the most is the the, the white and purple uh, BT Sonnet away with Paul Ince for me. Interesting about that promotion shirt as well, because it doesn't really feel like a Borough shirt when you first see it. But it's interesting you made a point 
at the very start about the new shirt with the sponsor not really blending in with the rest of the shirt. And I think we've got an issue with sponsors being black on our shirts because we don't have any black detailing anywhere at all, do we, really, on our shirts. We've had blue in the past, so you kind of understand that. But at least those Ramsden ones, apart from the big green panel that was plonked in the middle of some of those shirts, that 15-16 one, because it was a white Ramsden's, it kind of blended in, didn't it? And I know, Mikey, you're a big fan of that 15-16 shirt, aren't you, for the promotion one, especially probably because of the memories it brings. I bet you're on the pitch at the Riverside, weren't you, when we beat Brighton? Yeah, I was, yeah. I and was, I think yeah. It's, it's a good shirt, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think it's a great shirt. I think I mentioned it to you before, Rob. Like, it kind of gives me a bit like the Liverpool candy vibes. I'm not, I'm not quite sure why, to be honest, but it's sort of get that vibe from it. People maybe don't like it for that, but I think it was very, like you say, it wasn't very much a Borough shirt, like small white pinstripes. Mm. It's definitely an underrated shirt for me. Um, I was a big fan of that, and we all know what I'm like for the all three or, or four wear shirt. Just not that's not Borough at all. It's more like West Ham or Burnley, like yeah. claret and blue, but with the gold detailing um, and the piping. It's iconic and like as you said before with the the key moments when I, that was sort of the season that really captured me as a fan um when i was young and that semi that semi-final where arsenal janino dancing about in that in that shirt um yes yeah, it's, it's massively underrated shirt that one and i think that's one reason why we love shirts isn't it because they've got that connection with a moment in time that you can really remember like i remember at that time I was going to university and I remember watching it in like a pub or whatever. I was like 18, 19 year old. It's a very different part of my life than seven, eight years before when we were at Wembley through the sort of 96 to 98 period. But I've got to ask you all before we finish, your best ever Borough shirt. So it can be home, away, goalkeeper, third, concept, special. I don't really care. Your worst Borough shirt, again, can be any part of those things as well. There's a lot out there. Anyone who's into the podcast, seeing my social media, is absolutely bored out of their mind of hearing how much I like the 95, 96 away shirt, Nick Barnby away at Arsenal on my birthday in 1995. I was 10. That's definitely up there with them. Home shirt, I love the 97, 98 Paul Merson shirt with the Borough emblazoned on the back. The band's in a perfect position. Sponsor fits in well. The lines at the side of the band are great. It's all sublimated, so it doesn't wear, apart from the clicks and the bobbles it used to get just by putting it on. So they'll be my top two. But Paul, and to be fair, I'm not going to talk about worse ones because anything that's got Garmin on the front is absolutely shocking, so we won't even go there. But Paul, best yes. ever best ever Borough shirt and worst ever Borough shirt can be from your era as a fan, can be from the history books, whatever you like. Best ever for me will be the 92, 94 blue Admiral ICI. The blue, the blue third slash, then it became a wave third shirt. Slash shirt. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a great one, isn't it? What's your favourite bit about that one? I love the colour of it. I love the pattern on it. I love the ICI sponsor on it. You know, it's, it screams Teesside. It does. The industrial around our area. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. actually. It's one of the best, isn't it? I don't even care that Leeds have the same template as us because the template yeah. just works for me. Right, I'm going to save your worst one. We'll do all the worst ones together. We'll finish on a downer. So, Nico, what's your best ever Borough shirt? Um, I'm going to go with 0405 Home. Nice. I think the band was right. Like I say, it's got the white cuffs in there. 
the collar was perfect. Uh, it was like a bit of a throwback to the the Charlton um, Borough shirt. Um, I just think that that was literally everything. If you if you were to put in an algorithm for the best Borough shirt, I think that is the one that would come up for the home shirt. Um, I mean, I could say the 95, 96 away shirt because that, again, is fantastic. But I think for me that the 04 or 05 home shirt. Yeah, I think... Well, Borough a couple of days ago posted out that shirt with all the uh, in the 73 74 season in the summer. They were just releasing the shirt, it was it's absolutely amazing. And somebody made a quite an interesting point because I think someone had said, you know, it's a perfect Borough shirt, can never be beaten with the MFC Lion. It's quite interesting how sponsors have totally changed how we can look at shirts. But I do think the triple eight.com, even though it's a betting sponsor, I think it did fit in quite well with that shirt and complemented it quite well. Right, Stu, what is your favourite ever Borough shirt? I am going to go 96-97 away. Wow. I think it's it's a mixture of the shirt, but also I think it's about the age I really loved or realised how much I loved supporting the Borough. And I had that shirt, I remember Janino, Ravenelli, Emerson, it's just, just iconic for me that year. So yeah, the 96-97 away for me. Yeah, Manchester United in the rain when we should have beat them. And we drew three all. Yep. And if, if we'd yep. have won that game, we'd have stayed up. And we played some of the best football you'll ever see. If you go on YouTube, there's about half an hour highlights. If you're on Sky, there's Andy Gray and Martin Tyler commentating over it. Just absolutely unbelievable. I remember being a kid watching that in my mate's house on Sky Sports when I was about 11 and just thinking, how on earth are we going to get relegated? Absolutely mad. Right, Mikey, what's top of the shops for you? Well, Obviously, I've already mentioned the 03, 04 way, so I'm I'm not just going to reel that off again. And I was going to say what Nico said, the 04, 05 home. I just think that's so typically Borough, but since as though they've all been said already, I'm going to go with the the duo of shirts. Well, you could say trio, really, but um, 14, 15, crank the second season with the with the sash um, and yeah. that neon, that neon green and navy away shirt. I think that's a great, great set of kits, that. And then... I believe we had the third shirt as well that season, but it wasn't commercially available, was it? That was the white and red one. It was, yeah. And yeah. then the following season, we had it again, but then it was sold in the club shop. Yeah, what a trio of shirts! I think they pushed the ball out a bit. Added us that season, give us the sash. It's not, it's not typically Borough. I know we've had it like very early on in our in our infancy as a club, um, but I, I love that shirt. What a great shirt! And similarly, away shirt as with the third as well. Just a great set of shirts. Yeah, the, you know, Adidas, although Nico might disagree, the Adidas era wasn't wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst at all. Right, back to the other back to the start now, Paul. So we're gonna go for worst ever borough shirt. Worst ever borough shirt has to, yeah. for me has to be the 2010-2011, just the plain blue away when we didn't have a sponsor and nobody wanted to sponsor us because we weren't that good under Strachan, and it was just a basic plain Adidas template without a sponsor and it was pants to be fair I wouldn't have sponsored that shirt it's absolutely shocking it's not even like a football shirt is it it's like something you'd wear because you lost your PE kit in school so the PE teacher's gone to the back of the cupboard pulled out the only thing they could find and it ended up being that it was absolutely shocking that early Adidas period was an absolute disgrace right Nico worst for a shirt well you all know my feelings on Adidas so it could be one of many from that Era, but I'll um, like Paul said, 2010-11 away shirt, no good. 2009-2010 away shirt, no good. 
home and away shirt, awful. Um, 2007-8 home shirt, again, plain. But it's got to be, I think, 2002-2003 home. It, yeah. It's just so plain. So plain. Not, not the right colour red. It's... It's they've tried to improve it for 2003, 2004, and all they've done is add piping down the down the sides, and that made it so much better. But it was just so plain and boring. I I don't know how that ever became our shirt. To be honest, it's funny. I I really dislike that shirt as well. But I remember buying that shirt, and then I, I wore it pretty much all through my whole first year of uni, the year after, like 2003. So I always remember that shirt, and it you know served me well at uni. But it was just an absolute stink bomb. Right, Stu, worst Borough shirt. Yeah, 2010-2011 away, absolute stinker, but I think you've covered it. But yeah, I think it stands out by far as one of our worst shirts. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's nothing going for it really, is there? No. Right, Mikey, worst one. Or three or four away? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, it's two, These both, they're both exactly the same sort of base design, really. The O one O two home shirt and the O two O three away shirt, um, where it's just got a bit of, it's just I don't know, it's just so boring. It, it just, I think I mentioned it on Twitter the other day. It kind of reminded me like a Windows XP screensaver from back in the day, where like the pipe works like sort of going around the screen as you win, like as your computer's uh, going to sleep. Yeah, horrible shirt. Um, not really massive seasons as such either. We had some good players, but didn't really. Didn't really do much. Yeah, those are two terrible shirts for me. Yeah, they weren't great, and especially when you look at some of the stuff that we had in between that. I always think it was a real shame that we went from the 97-98 one to the 98-99, which was bad. 99-2000 was bad. 2000-2001 is good with like the double, like the double band with the black around the outside because the black meant the BT selling that fit in. Boxing scored those goals at St. James's Park. That all worked well. Then we had another two bad ones before we got to Nico's pick of 0405. It was like we weren't allowed to have any nice ones for a bit. Then we got one nice one, then a couple of bad ones, then another one. But yeah, it's a very interesting period, that one, isn't it? Especially when you look back at them now that we've got area as well. So thank you, everybody. As you'll know, the, the kit collecting scene, especially since lockdown, has, has grown exponentially. So if you don't follow anyone that's been on the podcast today, please do that. All their links are in the podcast information. There'll be a tweet um, out with the podcast as well. So please do follow them. Everybody out there who's got Borough shirts, in the thread below the podcast, share your favourite shirts, share your worst shirts, your shirt memories, what you think of the new shirts. Get in contact with us. We do love sharing anything to do with Borough's past. That's the whole reason why we set up the magazine, to a bit, be a bit of a nostalgia fest for people especially when lockdown first kicked in. So thank you, lads, for being on the podcast. Thank you to everyone who's listened. We are available to get pre-order the volume for magazine from boroughmag.bigcartel.com. And as I said before, we're supporting my sister's place, Middlesbrough Charity. Please do like, share, rate, and review. Keep liking our posts on social media. We love the interaction that we get from people. And we'll see you next time.